Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, glad to be with you. Telephone number here is 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. Uh, so the city council in Columbia turned down this uh, this software that uh, would enable the law enforcement to see these videos when a crime occurs. Uh, it's all strictly, it's all voluntary. I didn't, I didn't see any reason for this. I talked about it yesterday on the program. But now, it, what, what further uh, has me interested is that they want to change in the approach to violent crime. Uh, Mike Murphy writes this uh, at uh, comobuzz.com. We'll talk about that in about 20 minutes, uh, because I don't know what the change would be that they want. But we'll kick that around. Right now, Jennifer Bukowski is with us, uh, as she always is on Tuesdays. Gavin Newsom, Jennifer, says he wants President Biden to seek re-election. I hope he runs. I'll enthusiastically support him. This guy's been telegraphing for the last six months that he wants to, to run against Biden. Did the midterms change his mind? Something has changed, Gary, because not only is he saying that he wants Biden to run, he is saying that he will not pursue the presidency during the 2024 election cycle himself, even if Biden does not run. The answer is no, the governor said when asked if he would run if Biden did not. So that's a complete change of tune from the person who's been running ads targeting DeSantis in Florida and making signaling everywhere far and wide that he is looking at a presidential run so it's the midterms i don't know what it is but this is a major um message shift and who do they have if not gavin newsom uh to take on the mantle here pete Buttigieg? i'm not sure but i'll tell you one thing kamala harris uh the Trafalgar polls guy said that i think that this is totally right if they skip over Kamala Harris and don't give her her shot, they will really offend their most loyal voting base, which is black females. And those voters might not turn out for him. Well, she was a pretty Kamala her shot. She had her shot. She ran in the primary against Biden and failed horribly. Uh, I don't even know why he picked her. She was such a terrible candidate. Uh, and she's been nothing but an embarrassment to the administration since. She cackles. Uh, she never knows where she's at or what she's supposed to say. I, I don't see why anybody would get upset if they, you know, packed her away somewhere uh, and, and put somebody else. But I'll tell you, it's entirely possible because a lot of Democrats are pretty mercenary. Maybe what... Uh, I can see it. I can totally see that. Here she is. She's the first black female... Uh, vice president so she's the heir apparent under normal circumstances and if they pass her over they're going to think that it's because she's a black female that they're passing her over and they're not going to be convinced otherwise and they will not show up at the polls and, well, and that is their most loyal demographic black males have been converting to republican in way bigger numbers not big enough in way greater numbers though than black females well, I think Gavin Newsom, because the, uh, the Democrats can be absolutely mercenary. I think he's hoping that Biden runs and loses so that he can then turn around and run four years later. Ah, maybe. Yeah, maybe the polls are showing that you won't win this time. Wait four years. But that's always a huge risk. Like, uh, DeSantis' wife has been 
you know, sources have quoted her saying that they don't want to make the mistake Christie did because if Chris Christie had run in 2012, it would have been a whole different situation than when he tried to run and just got nowhere in 2016. And so they don't want to pass their moment for the DeSantis as they're going to run regardless in 2024 and not make the same mistake that Chris Christie did. But there's timing is so important in politics. So you could be right. Gavin Newsom is not very old especially compared to Biden and others that we have running the government right now. Methuselah is not very old compared to Biden. (laughs) 80 years old. Happy birthday, Biden. You think he'll actually run? I don't know. He has not formed the committee yet. They kept saying that he was going to be making this decision with his family over Thanksgiving, but they might not be announcing it until January. I think it's a tough call. I think that he has, for family reasons, sat out before in 2016. And so um, he could decide not to run. I mean, I could see that. I don't know what to hope for. I don't know who they'd line up for with. I don't know what to hope for. Part of me wants him to run because I think he's eminently beatable. Part of me doesn't want, want him to run because he just might get in again. It's It's a tough call. I would rather have, like, well, I don't know, Kamala is so incompetent, it's it's really tough to say. But I would rather have someone who's with it mentally, even if they're Democrat, at the helm here. Because then at least we know that who's calling the shots. And we, we have someone that can actually talk to us. We know who's <laughs> calling the shots. He just isn't talking to us. Uh, and that would be uh, the Obamunist. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but they've got such a shallow uh, bench. And, be, and, and frankly, they've got a shallow bench because of Obama. Uh, he was, uh, as a result of his uh, eight years, uh, they lost House, Senate, and gubernatorial seats all around the state. And uh, now they're, they're struggling to fight. I mean, that's how they ended up with Biden in the first place. Shallow bench. Yeah, I think. Yeah. The, the actual benches for judges. He left so many vacancies that Trump filled, which is going to help us for decades to come. Yeah, well, that's why you kind of have to hope that in Georgia, uh, they go back to that 50-50 split because it it gives the Republicans at least a teeny bit of a shot at stopping really radical leftist uh, judges Uh not much, but a little bit. Uh, you got to hope that Manchin comes to his senses and uh, and works with the Republicans on uh, judicial nominees. But or that, com- yeah, it would be great if he would. He has that, actually. Uh, he's going to be challenged by, uh, I guess, a real Republican that could maybe take him out next time around. So he'll be facing that pressure. But that race is now looking good in Georgia. Uh, early voting numbers. So more black people have voted earlier than white people, total. And that is not a good sign because, like I said, the black female vote is so strong, Democrat. That's not a great sign for the turnout numbers for the Republicans. Yeah, I don't have high hopes for that one either. Um, and and I, frankly, I would not be calling Donald Trump to come to Georgia. I would perhaps call on DeSantis but not Trump. 
I would distance myself. If I were him, I would distance myself from Trump. And you have to do it subtly. You can't, you can't slam Trump for anything. You just have to subtly distance yourself uh, and embrace uh, DeSantis or maybe even reach up to Virginia and get the governor to come down. Uh, Definitely. And that governor had, and hopefully, you know, their own Kemp, Governor Kemp will come out and study will come out for him. But how, like, like I said, like he doesn't have Kemp versus Abrams to get people to come out and vote this time. There aren't those other races that might incentivize people to vote. It's only this one. And he already underperformed um, compared to Kemp, obviously, because Kemp won handily. So I'm real, really concerned that we're not going to um, hold on. We're not going to flip that seat. Yeah, that'll be bad because that'll give the uh, Democrats an edge uh, in every, uh, 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 you know, uh, in every hearing. All right. Up against the clock. Quick break. When we come back, Senate's top gun control advocate talking about President Biden's push for more gun control. Is it good news or bad? We'll find out from Jennifer Bukowski next on The Gary Nolan Show. It is uh, 20 minutes after 11. Glad to have you with us. Uh, the city council uh, turned down the uh, law enforcement's desire to get the software to to have uh, video voluntarily accessible to law enforcement for solving crimes downtown. Uh, city council said no to this, uh, and uh, they want to change... Uh, in the approach to violent crime, uh, this is uh, a story that uh, Mike Murphy has at Como Buzz. We talked about the software yesterday. I want to talk about the change in the response to violent crime because I don't know what kind of change you can make that would be beneficial. Uh, you see a violent crime, you go after a violent criminal. I don't know. what What, what do they expect? I don't know. Uh, in the meantime, Jennifer Bukowski is with us, as she always is on Tuesdays. By the way, Jennifer, thank you for filling in for me. I know you do that uh, uh, for others as well. Uh, and you do yeoman's work, much to the dismay of yeoman everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Senate's top gun control advocate uh, talking about Biden and his push. Biden wants uh, a semi-automatic rifle ban to get shoved through between now and uh, January when uh, Congress changes hands. Does, yes, does and Senator Chris Murphy, who's a Democrat from Connecticut, said that that is just not going to happen, so that's the good news. He said that that's just not going to happen before the end of this term for the Senate. Um, but one thing that's interesting that he's saying that I think we need to pay attention to is there's this growing push for um, there to be laws or ways to defund the sanctuary Second Amendment zone um, around the country. This is kind of uh, something that we've seen come up somewhat in response to the sanctuary cities for immigration situations. There are sheriffs and other law enforcement officials around the country that have said that we're not going to enforce this or that federal law when it comes to limitations on gun rights. And there is a growing push to defund uh, these law enforcement agencies and to not let them receive federal money. Well, and so I could see that potentially happening. Interestingly, there are Republican allies. Uh, this is an interview from Fox News Sunday uh, where the Republican uh, member of the uh, 
Bipartisan Solutions Committee, or whatever they call themselves, is being asked about gun control. And here's, here's the uh, cut. But would you support an assault rifle ban? Well, I voted for it, Jennifer. Uh, it's already come up in the House several months back. So that's sitting in the Senate, um, and that's, uh, that's where it resides right now. There's t- so here is a guy who is a Republican, supposedly, you know, they're the, the Second Amendment small government political party, and he's already signed on to, and the House managed to pass with his help, a ban on semi-automatic rifles. I think eventually... That really makes no sense. No, it doesn't. And the thing is, like, we're not seeing semi-automatic... Sometimes, I guess, we have seen AR-15s this year um, used in some of these mass shootings that people are upset about, but that's not a common weapon and often these cures for the mass shooting would have nothing to do to prevent what just upset you to begin with so um but it is disheartening to hear republicans voting in favor of these assault weapons bans whatever they mean by assault weapons ban yeah that that's a a a term that they have coined that has caught on uh and it's an inaccurate term because uh, you can, a can opener can be an assault weapon. Uh, a pen can be an assault weapon. Yeah, under it's, Missouri law, yeah, dangerous instrument, just about anything. Yeah, yeah, you get hit in the head with a blender. It's an assault weapon. Uh, let me uh, let me do this. There was a question I was going to ask. It's a microwave, like you yourself have some experience <laughs> getting struck by a microwave. Jennifer has had her last. Uh, uh, <laughs> Actually, no. Chuck Basie has introduced the Microwave Safety Act, so <laughs> that uh, will prevent you know elderly individuals like Gary from uh, injuring himself in the future. It's great. I'm glad Chuck did that. All right, back to you, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, last year we replaced the microwave oven in our kitchen. And the company wanted to charge us $40 to throw it away. And at the time, we were in a condominium. We had a big dumpster uh, not too far from the house. So, and this was an older, huge microwave. And I thought, well, I'm not going to pay $40 for that. I'll just take it down to the dumpster and throw it in. And I thought, well, this is awfully heavy. Maybe I can just put it on this garbage can that we had a rolling garbage can. And I did that. I put it on there. Uh, I tilted it toward me and started walking backwards, holding both the garbage can and the microwave at the same time. While I'm walking backwards, I don't recognize that the curb kind of curved around behind me. And so I tripped on the curb. And when I did, that microwave uh, flew up and landed on my chest. And I literally was laying on the ground totally paralyzed and i saved 40 bucks cost me about 500 bucks in medical care uh but i saved 40 bucks and now they're making fun of me i think it's cruel Uh, it's senior abuse (laughs) it's senior abuse now i'm like i wasn't laughing then gary because you were in a lot of pain but now we can laugh about it i was too god that was awful 
All right, Jennifer Bukowski, thank you for being with us. Oh, nah, never mind. I'll let you go. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Gary. All right, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Just in case people didn't, like I wasn't embarrassed enough the first time it happened. Um, or th when it happened. So, apparently, there are people in Colombia who want law enforcement to respond to violent crime in a different way than they do. And, you know, and, and in fact, I think they're, they're even uh, going after the chief of police. I, I don't know him well. I've met him several times. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's incredibly competent. I know that other police officers that I know who work under him think he's, uh, you know, a cop's cop. He, he knows what he's, what he's doing. I don't know what you can do differently to stop violent crime than what the police in Colombia are doing. I think Chief Jones is doing what law enforcement do all around the country when it comes to violent crime. They send somebody there. They try to stop it. They, uh, they go after the people committing it. What, what exactly do these people want? They don't have ESP. They can't, you know, use the Spock mind meld to talk them off the ledge. They're violent criminals and police go after them. What do you want? We'll kind of kick that around in the next segment of the program. Uh, we invite you to join us for that 874-9390. The toll-free number is 800-529-5572. Uh, I, I, just, I just don't see where law enforcement have much of a choice to do things differently. Doesn't make sense. Uh, also, a story out of California where they are apparently letting thousands of pedophiles loose to prey on, uh, well, young kids. Uh, let's see, uh, you just... Uh, Gary, you just caused the actress portraying Yeoman Rand of the original series Star Trek to roll in her grave. Huh. Well, I didn't even know she was dead. So, all right. Uh, so those are just a couple of the topics that are uh, coming up uh, in the next segment of the program. We invite you to join us. What's wrong with what the police in Colombia are doing? Does anybody, uh, you know, want to call up and tell me uh, what, what they expect should be done differently? What do you do? I mean, you, the, somebody is violent. You call the police. They go out and respond to the violence and, and try and uh, stop it. What, what, I don't know what the alternatives are. I really don't. If you, if you can come up with a solid idea of something that law enforcement can do differently, now's your chance. You can tell the entire city of Columbia and all of Boone County what that idea is. Because I don't know. Speaking of police, Brian, do you remember that, uh, that guy that was uh, crawling down the hallway and the police are shouting orders at him? And he's on his knees and they tell him... 15 years ago or so? Uh, well, a few years ago, actually. Okay. And we talked about it on the program. We watched the video. It happened in Arizona. I will uh, have to a, refresh my memory. I will next. 
on the Gary Nolan Show. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 1135. Glad to have you with us. So apparently uh, there are... There are members of this. I'm, I'm chuckling because of the whole Don Lemon thing. Uh, Don Lemon, uh, they're talking about him on uh, Fox News. And he, he says he doesn't think CNN was ever liberal. Uh, and they're they're having a hard time controlling themselves. <clears throat> Needed a rim shot there. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely insane. Anyway, uh, listen. Uh, if the, the, Apparently the city council in Columbia uh, and others think that somehow police are supposed to re- respond differently to violent crime. Uh, and uh, I, d- I don't understand it. I, I don't know what they would want police to do differently. Uh, the uh, the story is at uh, comobuzz.com. City Council's no to police it comes with calls for change in the approach to violent crime. Well, how, how would you change that? Uh, you've got somebody that's, you know, threatening the life uh, or health of uh, another individual. you got to stop them, and that's what, that's what Columbia police do. I... I I'm totally at a loss for this. But if anybody wants to call and, and tell me what the police are doing wrong, I'm all ears. Uh, but I'm, I'm, at a, I'm at a total, complete loss. I, I just don't know what they could do differently. In the meantime, uh, and this story came up uh, uh, quite a while ago. I believe it was 2016. In, in fact, it was a guy in Arizona, um, Daniel Shaver. He was apparently showing this pellet gun that he uses uh, or used for his job. Uh, He was an exterminator. And somebody thought that uh, he had a rifle. And they called the police. And and this is in Mesa, Arizona. The police came out, and instead of handcuffing this guy, they've got him crawling on his knees down the hallway toward the police who have an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle pointed at him. And I believe they had his hands up behind his head. Yeah, and, and how do you crawl yeah. when you're in that position? Yeah, and on top of that, he was intoxicated, which is all right, I guess. He was in his room, didn't expect to have to do a circus trick uh, on the hall, uh, in the hall uh, of the hotel. Well, apparently, when you try to walk like that on your knees... Uh, your pants tend to move down. And he made the mistake of reaching down to pull his pants back up. And with that, they let him have it. Uh, they killed him. It was a terrible, terrible video to, to I, watch. I, we watched this video, and it was, it, was, it was terrifying. And this guy is crying. He just wants, he wants this to end. He's... he's and they're barking all these orders at him. And he's walking on his knees. And he's drunk. Why wouldn't the police have walked up to him and handcuffed him? Jumped on him. Yeah. They could have done all kinds of things. Subsequently, the police officer involved was fired. Uh, but I guess he gets to keep his pension... And, uh, you know, I got that along with his walking papers. Uh, police ordered Shaver out of the hotel room and onto the ground with his hands behind his head. But instead of handcuffing Shaver, officers bizarrely started barking, confusing and contradictory orders at him 
to crawl toward them. As a clearly terrified and drunk shaver tried to crawl toward the police, he appeared to reach toward his waistband to pull his sagging shorts. Mesa officer Philip Mitchell Brailsford shot him five times with an AR-15, killing him. The incident was part of a string of deadly police shootings uh, of unarmed men caught on camera, uh, including killings of uh, Castile and uh, Slager. Some of these, by the way, um, I think Reason Magazine, uh, who wrote the story, some of these guys didn't do what they were supposed to do. They were being asked perfectly reasonable things, uh, and they didn't pay attention, and they ended up getting shot. I don't blame the police for all those other incidents. In this case, I do. His death brought national media attention and a bipartisan outrage uh, to Mesa, Arizona. Uh, David French wrote in National Review, I've seen soldiers deal with al-Qaeda terrorists with more professionalism and poise. This is the second largest lawsuit settlement Mesa has paid out for Shaver's death. According to um, the Arizona Republic, the town paid his parents $1.5 million in a separate lawsuit. In 2017, a jury acquitted the police officer of second-degree murder and reckless manslaughter. Uh, but that's because uh, juries are instructed to, to uh, judge officers not by how a normal civilian would respond, but by how a reasonable police officer is trained to respond to a threat, real or, emergent, uh, or, real or imagined. Uh, as reasons uh, Jacob Sullum wrote, the acquittal showed that cops on trial benefit from a double standard. Eventually, uh, there was a, a second uh, lawsuit, and it cost the town $8 million. That was to Daniel Shaver's widow. It was just a horrible, horrible scene. You can't eat. I'll tell you how terrible the scene was. We watched the video. Uh, it was readily accessible. It's now available on YouTube. But unless you sign in and they know you're an adult, they won't let you see it. It's that graphic. What a horrible scenario uh, to unfold. Uh, and what an irresponsible police officer. And somebody was on the show that day, Brian. It was on the gun show. I, I don't remember that particular person who and what somebody their reasoning was, was for defending the police in that matter. Somebody I mean, said the, the, the cops were doing the right thing and it was okay. Well, maybe they got scared and they jumped the gun because they actually thought he had a weapon. But based on his demeanor, he was crying. He was like he would do anything. Yes. He just wanted the situation be, to be over with. But that cop apparently was just freaked out thinking that he was going to do something that he wasn't going to do. He had no gun on him. I know the cop didn't know that. And that's how they train you as a police officer. You don't know what's in their waistband. I get that. But when you see this guy coming down the hallway on his knees with his hands up and crying, I understand people could probably change instantly and pull, pull a gun out and shoot. But, I mean, that didn't happen. This guy clearly wasn't well, a threat. It's not even that. They could have walked up behind him. They, they, they could have. Yeah, they could have ran and jumped on him. Uh, and stopped the whole thing. But they didn't. Instead, they wanted him crawling to them. It was just... It was bad police work, uh, and it and it ended up in uh, uselessly killing an innocent guy uh, who was just, you know, drunk uh, in, in, in his room. It's okay. He's not driving. 
Uh, Drew says, fine, defund the cops, then lower the price and increase production of ammo. Teach children uh, proper firearm handling in schools and let the public handle violent criminals. If everyone is armed and aren't stigmatized, violent crimes uh, and aren't stigmatized, violent crimes will disappear. I'm not sure what that means. But I, I understand the gist of the message, Drew. Uh, if you want to defund the police, you better arm up everybody else and let them handle their own self-defense. Just, they're always complaining about the cops. I mean, it's even my libertarian friends uh, go after the cops. And I got to tell you, I wouldn't do that job for all the rice in China. Having those split seconds, you know, you realize that every time a cop pulls a car over, their life is in danger. Because the driver knows it's the cops, and if they're the bad guy, they could get arrested. And they're trying to get away. Cops have no idea that that's the bad guy. So they're constantly on, on uh, the knife's edge. Uh, granted, most stops uh, don't result in anything violent happening, but it can at any time. I keep thinking of uh, uh, the Bowden uh, uh, incident where she stopped a guy and ended up uh, paying for it with her life. That's a tough job. You got to give them a little leeway. All right, up against the clock. Got to take a quick break. We'll be back to wrap it up. You are listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It's 11.49. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Don't forget that uh, coming up, Glenn Beck, he's right behind us. Uh, then you've got Sean Hannity. And, uh, of course, and I, I don't want to say anything about Randy's producer, but Randy's show is pretty neat, too. And that's that's uh, Afternoon Drive. All the great talkers right here. And then wake up tomorrow morning with Brandon Rathard. Man, what a great show that is. What a great producer he's got, Brian. <laughs> Uh, All right. Anyway. Enough with your fun. All right. Uh, I am just fine. I'm really disappointed in Apple. The uh, I've had iPhones since the first one came out. And I really do like the platform. I think they've done a terrific job. But what they're doing in China uh, and, and what they've done in the past in China is troublesome to me. They turned off a private communication tool uh, in China in order to help the communists uh, end these major protests. If you haven't been following the news, there have been, you know, these COVID lockdowns and people in China are tired of them. They're calling for Chairman Xi to be uh, uh, driven out of office. Uh, they're getting violent. And in order to communicate and do so without uh, being censored uh, and without the, the Chinese government being able to read their, their messages... They use Apple's AirDrop. Uh, I've never used it, but apparently you can directly share uncensored messages uh, between iPhone users. And Apple, apparently at the behest of the Communist Party of China, decided uh, to help them by turning it off. Earlier this month, Apple restricted the use of AirDrop in China, the file-sharing tool for their operating system. Uh, it was used by protesters to communicate freely without risk of censorship because the tool uses direct connections between devices 
creating a local network that can't be monitored by government uh, internet regulators. Initially, people could choose to receive airdrops from everyone nearby, but with a uh, you know iOS update, they've made that impossible. The update made changes to their usage uh, that only applies in mainland China, while the rest of the world can still use it to communicate as as before. So Apple is aiding the communists in China. What the hell are they thinking? You know, if if this gets a, a, a big enough head of steam, maybe they topple the Communist Party. It, it takes a lot of courage to stand up to your government and fight for what you believe is right. And apparently there are millions of Chinese who are willing to do just that. And Apple unplugged them. Imagine if, in fact, they did oust the, the Communist Chinese Party. Imagine if they became such a large group that they ended communism in China. That would end all kinds of threats. And Apple just sold everybody out. I don't know. I, I don't... Uh, I don't like the other phone platform, but I don't like what Apple is doing. Apple, by the way, is also apparently threatening to drop Twitter. And I don't like that either. I don't know what's what's going on with this company, but it's, it's disappointing me left and right. Uh, and it's a shame because I like their products. Uh, I don't know. Wouldn't you think, Brian, that they would have the testicular fortitude to not interfere you would think so. You know, as a private company, they are free to do what they want. And if they make bad decisions, that's on them. And it just seems, though, sometimes that uh, some of these big companies often like to collude with the government. For what purpose? I don't know. Well, I guess to keep selling iPhones in, you know, one of the largest markets in the world. But at some point, you got to think, if they overturn the communists, they have an even bigger market. Apple has helped Beijing to suppress public dissent multiple times. Do you mostly. think that they want that type of government here? I mean, do you think that's a motive? I don't know. I don't either. I mean, it is concerning because they like, uh, they seem to like what China does to their people. And... You know, put, putting their foot down, and this is how it's going to be. We run things. You don't. Apple, I don't know. Apple helped Beijing suppress public dissident, dissident multiple times, mostly by complying with its request to remove apps used by protesters for information and communication. Apple also helps Chinese Communist Party prevent users from remaining private by banning virtual private networks in the region. So they're complicit uh, in in uh, helping the communists. Man, I I would think that uh, the better card to play is uh, hey, you know what uh, we're we're hands free, do what you will, uh, and you know maybe it's uh, one more nail in the coffin of communism in China if they do. 
I I don't understand it. Uh, I guess I guess the lure of money. This is what makes people hate capitalism. I don't. I still don't think that it's it's a, a, a problem. But I think it would have been smart and and it would have been beneficial if they just left it alone. Uh, 874-9390-800-529-5572. If, if, a, if a company, if the United States has a company in a country, country like China, if they have the ability to uh, literally overturn the government, to get rid of the Communist Party, is that any different or any worse than foreign countries, you know, uh, trying to influence our elections? I don't know. We do it all the time. We, we at the government level, um, been nice if, if Apple had gotten in and, and gotten to be a part of it. How much time do I have? Do I have time to go back? A couple minutes. Yep. A couple of minutes. All right, let me get Chris on here because uh, we're going to run out of time. Chris, welcome. How are you? Good, how are you? I am well, thank you. Another uh, angle for the Apple thing is they got the Chinese party keeps their workforce in line. Yeah, they do. The, the labor to make their phones is cheap because of the communists. I uh, increasingly am despondent with Apple, and uh, it's a shame because I love their product. Me, me too. I'm calling you on an iPhone right now, and I don't like what they've done. Are you willing to change brands the next time you need a phone? I wish there was a third brand that didn't come with either the Google or the Apple stigma. Yeah, I don't like Google either. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, we'll see if somebody comes up with something new. You never can tell. <laughs> Maybe Elon will do something. You know, I thought I heard a rumor that he was thinking about doing that. I don't know. Uh, all right, uh, Chris, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, something made by Musk, that'd be good. Very quickly, Mary Beth, I'm running out of time. I know you are. Uh, I just didn't know if you also had heard that uh, Apple and Google both are threatening to remove Twitter from their Google or from their Play stores. From their yeah, from their apps. I, I did yeah, their app stores. I, I mentioned uh, that just then, a few seconds ago. Oh, I didn't hear that. I was probably calling. And then um, you you mentioned Musk. He did say if they do that, he will invent a phone. I'll buy that in a New York second. Mary Beth, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.